up your voice and shout a praise. Hallelujah. Some of you are looking at the problem right now. But I wish somebody would just praise him in advance because of what you know he has already done. The man of God said we are under an open heaven. Do you understand what that means? It means that heaven is touching earth. And if God is here right now, in this building, in this place, are you ready? Are you desperate enough to cry out to God? Say, Jesus, I need you to intervene in my situation right now. And if he is God, like I know he is God, then what is impossible? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is something about this corporate worship. Yes, we can worship on Zoom. We can worship in our own spaces. But when we gather like this, as the people of God, and we lift our voices, and we adore the King of kings and exalt the only wise God, something happens. And we are happy to be in, in a place to receive this morning. Please stand with me. I believe some of what I'm about to say has already been said. So, sort of a continuation. So grab your Bibles real quick. We're going to the book of Corinthians. Second Corinthians, to be exact. Verse 12. I'll read in your hearing. God is just so awesome. And we are happy for that today. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody expecting a breakthrough? A miracle? Anybody expecting to be healed? To be delivered? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians, I read in your hearing. Verse 1 says, It is not expedient for me to doubtless for me doubtless to glory I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord the NIV version for, for verse 1 says I must go on boasting although there is nothing to be gained I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord back to the King James version for verse 2 it says I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago whether in body I cannot tell or whether in our weather out of body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up in the third heaven, and I knew such a man. Whether in body or out of body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet 
of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. You heard the word infirmity just now. For though I, was, I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear. Lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And I'll switch to the NIV version for that verse again. That verse again, it says, or from the NIV version, because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I will take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Verse 11 says, For I am become a fool in glory. Ye have, have, ye have compelled me, for I ought not to have been commended of you. For in nothing I am am I behind the very least, the very chief, chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Let us pray. Father, we exalt you this morning. We lift up your name, Jesus. We glory in you. We take no pleasure, mighty God, but we say all the glory belongs to you in heaven and in earth, mighty God. Nothing that we can do can ever surpass your greatness. We can do nothing of ourselves except you allow it, Heavenly Father. So this morning we are grateful for your mercies, for your grace, for everything that you have allowed us to do. This morning we submit ourselves to your will, to your way. And Father, we pray, mighty God, that you'll have your way in this place. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come, almighty God, in this place. We rescue, mighty God, the souls of the lost this morning. We claim, Heavenly Father, this atmosphere for your glory and for your kingdom. God, we tear down every stronghold that has presented itself, mighty God. Every spirit that is not of you, we war against it this morning. Release your fire, your anointing in this place. And we lift you up, almighty God. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody still got a praise this morning? Anybody still grateful this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I greet you all in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to specially greet this morning Sister Melverna Pottinger, who is with us again. So happy to see you, ma'am. Hallelujah. Someone who has been a great steward in the ministries that God 
would have allowed her to oversee. We're grateful to see you once again. Greet also all the elders, our pastor in his absence, all the elders, ministers, deacons, evangelists, whatever position, whatever post you may be in. As long as you're under the sound of my voice this morning, I greet you all in the name of Jesus. I said before some time ago that I'm, I'm used to seeing the ministers and the elders when I used to come here early, they would always big up their wives. And I, I don't think I have done a very good job in highlighting how wonderful my wife has been in supporting me in ministry. So today I want to continue that tradition. I'll say thank you very much, Camille, for being a tower of strength for me. I say it openly so everybody can hear. Right? She has been very supportive. Very supported in, in ministry. And the fact that I'm here this morning is testament of, you know, part of what she has been doing. We have been just having an awesome time in revival. I got a, I got a WhatsApp message on Friday evening, someone telling me about them going to Portmore and thinking of changing membership to Portmore as a result of these series of what God has been doing in our revival services. And if you missed Friday night, my God. Listen, you do not want to miss these services. You know, I'm just really grateful to be a part of this movement, this revival of what God is doing in this season. Signs, wonders, miracles, it's all here. And I'm just so grateful. This morning, I want to talk to you about some contradictions. And it's about embracing your weaknesses, embracing our weaknesses. It's not something that we are willingly open to accept and embrace. When we have a weakness, we want to get rid of it. We want to work on it. But this morning, I go to the book of Corinthians where Paul is saying that he's embracing his weakness. Where he speaks, he says, I therefore take pleasure in infirmities, which is not common. But there's a reason why he's saying this. He takes pleasures in reproaches, necessities, persecution. Because it comes part and parcel with being a child of God. When you get saved, it's not something that they tell you. They don't tell you that it's not a bed of roses. It's not going to be easy. It's a sacrifice for many of us to be here. And for many of us, we've had to sacrifice more than others. Some of us just coming here this morning, it was a struggle. We've had to put away relationships, some of us, to be here in this building. Some of us had to turn our backs on friends and families just to be here but we'll get to understand that there is a blessing that comes with it i want to highlight i think his sister charlene bennett charlene bennett right all right charlene can you stand let us see you so sister charlene is the person who is going to be baptized today 
We call you sister. We claim you already for the glory and for the kingdom of God. If there's anybody else in the building that wants to join Sister Charlene on the walk today, the 27th of February 2022, your opportunity is here. If you're not saved, you're in the building. Today is your day. There are too many things that are happening in this world right now for you to think it's safe for you to stay outside of the boat. My God. You don't want to be caught up looking from the outside in when God makes his appearance. Inside the boat might be messy, but I'd rather be on the safer side than on the outside looking in. If you're not saved, today is your day. We go to the scriptures and we see Paul having a contradiction. Paul is saying, I am led to boast about some of my accomplishments. But at the end of the day, I don't think I should be boasting. Because boasting, as you know, is not something that the Bible encourages. But Paul says, I must go on boasting. Because there he saw a need to boast. In verse 1, as I read from the NIV version, it says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. He goes on to speak of himself in the third person. Because he said he knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, having been caught up into the third heaven and having visions and revelations of the Lord, some of which are unspeakable. My God. And he was speaking about this to convince persons of what or how elevated he was at the time. He was now operating in a different realm where he was caught up in the third heaven. My God. This for him was an achievement because it spoke to the type of person he was. But yet at the same time came the contradiction because Paul was speaking about the weakness that he had. There was this thorn in his flesh that kept him from even thinking of himself more than he ought to. My God. There are many of us even in this revival season that we are in will get to a place in God where God has to remind us, as Paul said, because, as we go to verse 7, it says, or because of surpassing great revelations, this great thing that he had seen now and that was revealed to him, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, in order to... God kept him from becoming... Somebody was getting ahead of himself. I hope you get what I'm saying this morning. I was given a thorn of flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. There are many of us, we will do great exploits for the Lord. There are many of us who have done great exploits for the Lord and will continue to do great exploits. Like Paul who had this great revelation and was caught up to the third heaven 
and was able to see things that no normal human could see. It was almost as if he was superhuman at this point in time because of what the Lord showed him and what he would have seen. But he, he realized that even in the state of being almost supernatural, that he was just as human as anybody else. Because despite the great achievements that he would have done, despite him being a great scholar, a, a man who studied the word and was skillful in imparting the word, that in spite of all of these things that was under his belt, any great achievement, he still had weaknesses. There were still infirmities that plagued him. And he said he sought the Lord thrice. He recognized these infirmities and he was not sitting around and accepting it because he realized that in order for him to go higher and higher in God, that he had to shake off some of these weaknesses. He had to shake off these infirmities and he said he sought the Lord thrice. And because he mentioned it thrice, three times, it's, it speaks to it was not by the way. I feel as if it was so troubling to Paul that he sought the Lord fiercely. He was before like sackcloth and ashes type of seeking the Lord. Not just Lord, I have this issue. But fervently fasting, praying and going before God for this thing to leave him. But it was still present in his life. He said it was a thorn in his flesh. Many of us, when we get a little touch, in the country we call it maca, just a little touch, and we ball out. But imagine living with something that resonated and was present with you every single day. You knew that this thing was not right, you knew that it was not supposed to be in your life and you're not supposed to be doing it. But every day you got up, it was like a thorn in your flesh. And it was plaguing you. It's not even like a co-worker who bothers you every single day. And when you see them calling your extension, you hold your head and you start to bawl. It's not even like that because this flesh that he, Paul was talking about, it was with him 24 hours of the day. He, would, he couldn't get up from work and leave the problems behind. The problem was walking with him everywhere he went. And he was seeking the Lord. God, let this pass. Take it away from me. My God. But at the end of the day, what he realized was that this weakness that was presented... It was for his own good. Therein comes the contradiction. Because God, if you want my life to be as smooth and want me to live for you, why are you allowing this to still be a part of my circumstances? God, if I should worship you freely, why do I feel so heavy burdened? By this infirmity, this weakness that is bothering me so much. Why do I walk around feeling this way? 
When God, you said you'll take care of me, I don't feel like this is something that should be a part of my life. My God. My God, my God, my God. But as you read on and as we go into the word, you'll see why this. Paul said it. He said it. Because of these great things that would have happened in my life. And for me not to get conceited, my God. For me not to get too proud and feel like me reach now. This is why this thorn is in my flesh. My God. God has to remind us ever so often that you are not in control. Irrespective of what you will achieve, can achieve, and so most certainly if you stay in me, you must achieve because victory is guaranteed. I have already created a part for you that you're going to be victorious. It's already written. I have changed your name to be victorious. It's already written. But when you get to the point of your victory and your great achievement, what will you do? Will you give me the glory or will you glory in your own self? Will you think that you have reached the pinnacle of everything that you need in life and you don't need me anymore? So there is this thorn in his flesh. But here is Paul is saying that having understood and had revelations with God, and now in a place where he was communicating with God about this weakness, he came to the conclusion that he should now take pleasure in his infirmities. And as I said before, no one wants to revel and embrace weaknesses. No one wants to accept that, listen, I am less than. However, for you to reach the place in God that he wants to take you, you better embrace it. We look at the word infirmities. It comes from the Greek word asthenia, which means want of strength. Want of strength. Or weakness indicating an inability to produce results anybody in this building ever wanted something so much you couldn't even sleep at night there was something that you needed so badly you wanted it so much you put all of your time and energy into it everything you could ever possibly be able to do you did it as long as it was physically possible, mentally possible, and even spiritually possible, you put all your energy and time into it. Anybody ever been in that situation? There's a situation in your family and you prayed so much. You spend money. You go to counseling. You get other people to come and be involved in the situation and say, I want this to change. It must change. Anybody ever put time and energy and effort into something? 
But yet still when you look, nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing changed. I recall being at a job and being so miserable on the job. I prayed, I fasted. I said some unkind words about the job. I stopped looking at the fact that I had a job and it was paying my bills. I was just so miserable on the job. Boy, every day I was, I remember my HR officer said, everyone, boy, we want to change you, in, but we don't have anybody to replace. Do you know anybody? I said, I wouldn't give this job to my worst enemy. And that went to the senior HR person. But we get to a place in our humanity that times we get so miserable and we give up sometimes because we are frustrated by the situation. And Paul also was frustrated because he was going to God. Because this thing was really affecting him, bothering him. And it would not go away. As I said before, many of us have had time and effort placed in situations and things that we wanted to change. And nothing changed. In, a, in one of my series of prayers about this job, I remember praying to God. And I clearly, distinctly hear God said, leave it. I have it under control. It was at a point of me surrendering my will, my desires, and my efforts that God was able to step in my situation. My situation was not going to change because where God was supposed to be, I was placing myself. I don't think you understand that your situation is, has limited space. And if you are placing yourself where God is supposed to be, God will not intervene. You may not agree with me this morning, but think about it. Let it resonate in your spirit. Where God was supposed to be in my situation, I was placing myself with my inability to change anything that God didn't allow. With my hand that could only reach this far and not trusting a God who has the whole world in his hands. It was at the point of me surrendering my will, my desire, my abilities, that God intervened in my situation. Paul is saying the same thing. If we look at verse 9. It says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. And he says, For my weakness is made perfect. My God. For my strength is made perfect in my weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in infirmities. And this is, this is the kicker. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Because Paul got into a position now where he embraced his infirmity. He realized that he was not his own. He realized that he was not in control. He was realized that these infirmities were in fact there to help him along his journey. Am I encouraging us to continue in sin any weakness? No. I am not saying that, but I am saying that you have to get to the place where you recognize that these things are allowed by God sometimes to allow you to realize that he is still God. So like Paul, we face this paradox. God has made us in his own image and likeness. Truth be told, we are powerful beings. We can do great exploits. We have done great exploits. I believe that if, for instance, the world would start flooding, humans will start flying. We have lasted generations and generations because of our ability to survive, to morph, to change, to adapt to different situations. That's us, how humans are. We are placed in a position, yes, it's difficult, yes, it's hard, but we are going to find a way to fit in, to survive. That's how we are. So in our, in our own selves, we have abilities. We can do great things. Our minds are so powerful that sometimes it leads us astray. Doesn't take away from the fact that it's powerful. The light bulb that we see here, the microphone, it was conceived by somebody who had a thought. And it came and it materialized. I don't particularly like flying because something does wrong with it. How can something stand in it? First of all, just leaving off the runway and standing almost still like this don't seem normal. However, there was somebody who conceptualized it and had that thought in his mind and it came to materialize. So as humans, we can do great things. My God. But the problem lies because we are in a position now where we can do these great things. We oftentimes think that we are the ones who gave ourselves the ability and we do not glorify the God who provided that for us in the first place. So these infirmities, these weaknesses, sometimes provide to us a reminder that we are not so big and mighty and strong. God is saying, smile up yourself a little bit. Don't size up. Don't size up because you cannot measure up to me, this great God. So the contradiction is there. And for many persons, they struggle with this. Because I can go to school and I am so brilliant. Why should I not tell the whole world that I studied many hours and was able to achieve? I'm a Rhodes Scholar. I got so many scholarships. Why am I not wearing it like a badge of honor? I got a distinction in my master's, my PhD. It doesn't matter. Wherever I go, I am just so brilliant. Why can I take this, all this glory for myself? I am the one who spent all the hours studying, not God. But 
therein lies the problem. Paul was a great scholar himself. Paul had great achievements himself. But he realized that there were these things that buffeted him. A thorn in his flesh. Can't get rid of it. It was a reminder that he was human after all. He was not God. Rather than denying the existence of the weakness and making himself to be perfect, Paul started embracing some of these. We as humans, we have a problem. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. I know my limitations, I know my shortcomings. Tell you the truth, Brother Roger, I have a small, anybody know my small car? It's a small Vitz, Toyota Vitz. I love that car. Good for gas. Don't give me any problems. But recently, my wife upgraded to a Toyota Harrier. Sometimes I get out of that car and I look back at it and I say, boy, that car, they look really nice, you know. I see people on the road looking at the vehicle. And to tell you the truth, saints, when I'm driving my Vitz and I'm driving the Harrier, I feel different. I feel like a top of top. Many of us, we were at a lowly position in our jobs. And when we began to be promoted, we started feeling a little bit different. We started a little feeling a little bit cute. Some of us, we could control it. And say, boy, I just know that God in control, God provided. But for many persons, it gets to his head. We cannot control ourselves. Sometimes you go on some locations that you see some security guards. And you think that they are the boss. And you say, my God, if these people ever had money and had opportunity, we would have feel it. They would pressure us. Some people, because of hope, they are so boasty. And they walk with such pride. And you see it exuding on their face how they behave. You say to yourself, if they ever had money and position and had opportunity, it, there would be so... However, we are not far from that saints because Paul is telling us that we are still humans. We are also prone to be like that. We will turn on our family members because we feel like we are better than them. No. They can't talk to me because they are no masters. Who if you talk to me? I am exposition in my job and they are just beneath me. We can get to that state. But Paul is saying even though you have done great things and have achieved, still understand that do not get conceited because you're, there is still a God who is looking down on us. Watch what God does. God says, your righteousness before me is nothing but what? It's nothing but what? Filthy rags. So even when you get to that place where you feel like you're perfect, it means nothing to me. 
So if your righteous is nothing but filthy rags, can you imagine your car? Can you imagine your house? Can you imagine all the great things that you think that you have and saying, God, but I am this and I am that. It means nothing to God. Keep your achievements. Keep your accolades. Keep your award. God doesn't need that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, a broken and a contrite heart. He will not despise. God is more concerned about your heart than anything else. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you will achieve. God is working on this. Paul is saying, I take no glory in all that I have achieved and all that I have done. Because I know that it means nothing to the Most High God. I can do nothing without God. And because of Him, I can do great things. My God. Paul understood. He acknowledges weaknesses and his inadequacies as being a human. It means that he surrendered his will, his desire. And understood now that there was room for the power of God to be made manifest in his life. Embracing his weakness, Paul understood that he would submit to a higher power. Somebody say higher power. If he could sustain everything that he achieved by himself, then surely he could go on. And he could see... And even covet the power of God. By surrendering his authority to God. Paul was now governed by God. Who has power in his hands. Who, who, for who the earth is his footstool. He speaks and the mountains tremble. Heaven and earth bow before him. Angels bow before him. I go to the book of Isaiah 40, 28. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? My God, the Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary. His understanding, no one can fathom. My God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know why you would want to replace yourself with a God like this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary. The young men stumble and fall. My God. Hallelujah. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. My God. Anybody feeling weary and tired this morning? Understanding that you are weak, you have your own infirmities, you have your own things that buffet you. But when you trust in the Lord, you shall renew your strength, and not only that, you shall mount up with wings as eagles, you shall run and not be weary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm embracing my weakness this morning and I'm putting them before God. Hallelujah. 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 While I was growing up, I think it was high school by this time. And the teachers would tell you, I don't remember which subject. I think probably management or POB or something. In order for us to solve a problem, we first have to acknowledge that there is a problem. And unfortunately for many of us, for people who are not saved and, are, and in the building, I am sorry, I apologize. A lot of times, we as Christians make it seem as if we are perfect. And it puts a lot of pressure who are on people who are not saved to come and act in the same way, to behave as if they are perfect. I am sorry. We are not perfect. We are made in His image and likeness, but we have issues. We have weaknesses. I have my problems. I know my limitations. I am sorry for making it seems that I am perfect. Somebody describe it as a stained glass masquerade. We put on a show. We like to put on a show. But Paul is saying that we need to identify our problem. We need to identify our weakness. We need to bring it before God. I am not encouraging you to revel in sin and problems. Don't go there. I am saying that acknowledge your weakness. Take it to the most high God. Because his grace is sufficient for you. His grace. You can't make it by yourself. You can't do this by yourself. That's why you have to surrender to a higher power. A higher God. He's in control. He's on the job. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never gets tired. He never gets weary. He's always on time. Anytime you need him, you can call. Never busy. Always on time. He's come through for me. Time and time again. When I couldn't call my mother. When I couldn't call my father. I said, Jesus. There is something about this place of surrender. There is this place of giving up everything to God. There is something about saying, God, I am inadequate. I am nothing by myself. I give everything to you. There is something about this lowly place that when you open up yourself, make yourself vulnerable to God, he will reach down from heaven and it will touch your situation it doesn't matter what you're going through surrender this morning Amen. hallelujah 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 oh god hallelujah i wish somebody would just surrender right now to the most high god to the king of kings to the living God, the only wise God. 
It doesn't matter what you're going through. He said his grace. His grace. His grace. I don't know what the enemy is telling you right now. But you can make it. You're going to make it. He said his grace is sufficient for you. You are at the place of giving up. You are at the place of throwing in the towel. But God is saying his grace. Even when I couldn't hold on. Brother Roger said it this morning. Even when he couldn't hold on. When his strength became weary. His fingers could no longer hold. His willpower could no longer hold. But God still held him. Oh, God Almighty. I know some of us this morning, we are here. And if we are true to ourselves, we can acknowledge that many a times we would have given up. But it is the grace of God that is keeping us. It is the grace of God that kept us. My God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah. The second thing that Paul re realized was that he did not have control over his own life. My God, many of us, you think that you have it all put together. You have it all worked out and mapped out in your mind. Paul came to the point of surrendering to God because he understood that he can do nothing. As I said earlier, despite your great power and exploits and effort, nothing will change until you get to the point of surrendering. The last thing I'll touch on, and this is critical, saints. I don't know if you saw it in the text. But the thing that Paul enjoyed most about embracing his weakness was that it made him humble. It made him humble. I'll tell you straight off the bat, saints. There is a blessing that you will enjoy of the Lord when you remain humble. Despite Having gone, I've been caught up into the third heaven, seeing and things that were unspeakable to man. Paul said, I was still weak. There was still this thing in my flesh. And I understand and I understood what it was for. God did it so I wouldn't get conceited. He did it so I wouldn't get proud and show off and boast because I am limited in my own abilities. <clears throat> Children of God, saints of God, please, I urge you, I beseech you, brethren, do not let pride be seen anywhere in your life. <clears throat> oh God, hallelujah. Yes, you're going to do great exploits. Yes, you're going to achieve many things. But don't get proud. Bishop says he'll take the honor in the right hand or even in the left and pass it on.
to the glory of God. God says he hates a proud look. He says he resisted the proud, meaning he wars against the proud. You want God to be warring against you? I say, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You do not want God to humble you. But Elder George, do you want God to humble you? Somebody says God's hand is heavy. And if he lays hand on you in judgment, dog, niam, your supper. God resisted the proud. If we go into the Greek word that speaks about pride in that context, he says he rages war against the proud. My God, being proud goes against God's desire for us to be broken and repentant before him. Psalm 10 verse 4, it says, The wicked through pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Because you are so proud because of what you achieved, you do not surrender because you think that you are bigger than God now. Somebody say, look at you. Somebody say, look at you. When did you get caught up in your own self? That you get to the point now where you do not even acknowledge God. And this is what Paul is saying. God placed this thing in his flesh that he would not forget about it. He would not forget that he has to remain humble before God. He could not get ahead of himself. It goes on, Paul says, I am boasting to you right now. And I don't really want to do it. In fact, you should have been commending me. But because you did not, I had to do this. To let you know that boasting sometimes, is not sometimes, all time is wrong. But I had to do it to show you about the great things that I would have done. Or God allowed to do in my life. Yet still, I had these infirmities. The proud will not fa find favor with God. I'll tell you the truth, Virgin. Pride comes from the pit of hell. Pride is not of God in any way, shape, or form. The first time that we see pride being manifested in the Bible was Lucifer, where he said, No, he was going to exalt himself. He was going to make himself higher than God. And he was kicked out of heaven. Virgin, I don't want to have nothing with the devil. I do not with enough. I don't want to have nothing to do with the devil. No lying. No stealing. No cheating. But because the pride is so strategic, meaning it is embedded in everything that the enemy is about. Because he wants to exalt himself to replace God. So if you are harboring pride in your life right now, you're not in a safe place. James 4, 6-7, it says, But he giveth grace, whether he said God resisted the proud, he giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves before God. 
resist the devil and he shall flee from you. It simply means if you are proud, you are not resisting the devil. You are now, instead of embracing God, you are welcoming the devil into your own space. When pride come in, you know, lying is going to come right behind it, you know. Greed is going to come right behind it, you know. You have some people, they're not going to be blessed because pride is in their life. You're so proud that you won't even accept help from anybody. Because you're so proud, you can't even acknowledge that you have a weakness, you have a need. Because you are so proud. If I want to bless you, I can't. Because you are going to resist it. No, I am okay. I am okay. You're that dead for hungry. Don't accept. That is pride, brethren. Hallelujah. Pride. It portrays the person to be more superior than he really is. Obadiah 3, verse 3. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Hath what? Deceive thee. It's okay for you to go around and try deceiving me. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. But when you get to the point of fooling your own self, who are you? What are you really doing? Your pride has deceived you. Your pride has made you seem to be more sufficient and adequate than you really are. Your pride has made you oversell, oversell your abilities. Your pride has made you feel that you are bigger and better than God. Your pride has made you feel that you can replace God with your own self. That's why when you have your problems and your situations, they won't go away because where God is supposed to be, you have now placed yourself. God wants to do a new thing in your life, but there is no room for him to have his way because your desires and your will is now present where the will of God is supposed to be. Jesus said, not my will. But that if Jesus can surrender, even to the death of, on the cross, if he put away pride, knowing he that he is God, to surrendering on the cross, so much that he gave his own life, what more shall you do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me finish that verse. It says, Thou dwellest in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high, and say it in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though, though, though exalted thyself as the eagle, my God, and thou settest nest among the stars, you are high and mighty. Way up there, man. Nobody can talk to you, man. You're way up there. You're high and you're mighty. What does the Bible say? Thence I will bring thee down say the lord you don't want god to bring you down please follow the steps see this you, you take your time and come down you don't want god to drag you down my god this morning i encourage you to 
Let self be slain. Kill flesh. Your desires, your own abilities, they mean nothing before God. Let self be slain. We go to the book of Galatians. Hallelujah. It says, For the flesh lusted after the spirit. And I'm coming down. The spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other. Hallelujah. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Somebody says, when I seek to do good, evil presents itself. We are in a constant battle. The flesh is warring against the spirit. My God. Hallelujah. But you should be led by what? You should be led by the spirit. Ye are not under the law. Let us go a little bit further. But the works of the flesh are manifest. Oh God. Which are these? Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. You have begun to create other gods. You have allowed your car, your house, your family, your job to be a God in your life. Anything that takes more of your time and more of your energy is now your God. My God. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh God. The question today, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice in order to make it in? Skill flesh now. God, we renounce every single thing that is made manifest from the flesh. Oh God Almighty, we come against every stronghold that is now presented itself in the life of God's people. Everything that has now taken root and then begun to germinate and to grow and to be a fruit, every evil thought, we come against it in the name of Jesus. Flesh, die. No, kill flesh. No, every evil thing that is presenting itself when you try to do good, kill flesh. No, God Almighty, every proud spirit, 
die no kill flesh now we tear it down we tear it down we cast it in the pit of hell from whence it came devil you are a liar proud spirit we cast you out we renounce you we send you back to the sender in the name kill my flesh break my desire break every thought that is not of you god every thought everything that surrounds me that is not of you god we kill it now something is about to break oh god almighty something is about to break in this place oh god almighty you've been holding on to this thing too long you've been suffering too long god is saying my grace is sufficient for you god god is saying i have given you power you can live above sin you can live above reproach you can live above everything the lie that the enemy is telling you right now you don't have to leave here the very same that you came hallelujah hallelujah we kill every spirit that comes against total surrender this morning God wants to get you to the place of total surrender. But there is something in your life that you're holding on to that you won't let go of. And if you don't let go of it, it will drag you down. God wants you to elevate. God wants to take you to a higher level. God wants to bring you into visions and dreams and revelation. But you can't get there because there is no room there is no space in your life. There is no place for the new oil to be poured into your situation. We are in a season where we are saying fresh fire, new oil. But you are carrying that same old wild skin with all of the situations that come with it. With all of the baggages, some things that need to clean out. It needs to be pulled from the inside out. It needs to be uprooted. It needs to be digged up. It needs to be cleansed. It needs to be made whole. There is no new wine coming unless you are changed now into this new season of your life. Take off the old man. Embrace your weakness because his grace is still sufficient. You serve a mighty God. You serve a risen king. There is nothing too hard for your God to do there is no reason to be living in doubt. There is no reason to be living in fear. There is no reason for you should be crawling on the ground. Leave that to the devil. Leave that to the serpent. Because God says you're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Oh my God. You are going into a new season of your life. You are going into a season that person will be looked and be blown by what God is doing in your life. 
And when it comes, brethren, when it comes, understand that it is not you, but God that is allowing it to happen. Oh God, hallelujah. Everybody in this place, please stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you have not given your life to the Lord, make your way to the altar. Hallelujah, if you do not have the Holy Ghost, make your way to the altar. God is doing a new thing this season. You don't want to miss out on this. God is saying, oh God, leave the old thing behind. Come into this new season. Hallelujah. You wish to be baptized. Run to the altar this morning. Hallelujah. Before it's too late, seek the Lord while he may be found. Hallelujah. We come against idolatry. Oh, God Almighty, we renounce it this morning. Flesh, we kill you. Fornication, we come against it. In the name of Jesus, it doesn't matter what is happening in your life. I declare that you can live above sin. Above reproach this morning in the name of Jesus, uncleanness. We renounce it, we send it back to the pits of hell from whence it came. Lasciviousness, we send it back to the pits from whence it came. Idolatry, we cast it out and we send it back in the name of Jesus. My, 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 witchcraft. Yes, I said it. Witchcraft, we come against it every, every altar every high thing must come down every high thing must come down every high thing must come down they shall be brought low in the mighty name of Jesus we tear it down we tear it down hatred variance wrath strife my God my God my God every seed of discard yes. that the enemy has planted yeah. in your family, yeah. in your school, yes. in your job. Yes. We come against it. Yeah. We renounce it this morning. Yeah. We cast it down. We send it back to the pits of hell from whence it came. Some of you came here this morning, but the problem in your family was so on your mind, you could not even raise your hands to give God glory. But this morning we are shaming the devil. We're gonna wave. Yeah. We're gonna wave. Yeah. We're gonna shout a hallelujah. hallelujah. We're gonna shout a hallelujah. We're gonna shout a hallelujah. We're gonna declare victory this morning. Victory. Hallelujah. 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 Victory is coming. Victory is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Healing is coming. Deliverance. Your miracle is on the way. Surrender. Your surrender is on the way. Hallelujah. Rabo Seke. Mama Mama Shakande. Hallelujah. Shekende. Rabo Seke. Mandu Shakande. Rabo Shekende. I wish somebody would have praised God in this place. Shout a hallelujah. Raise your 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 hallelujah. 
Raise your hallelujah. Raise your hallelujah. Raise it. I see them falling off. I see the change breaking. I see it happening in this atmosphere, in this place. Your breakthrough is coming. Your greatest victory is at the lowest point of your weakness where you surrender to a God that's bigger than you, that's bigger than every condition that's in your life, that's bigger than any weakness and infirmity. Sometimes our problems get so big that we cannot see what God is doing in our lives. All we are focusing on is the problem. But Jesus is the answer for you this morning. It doesn't matter what your situation may be. Jesus is your answer. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all the healing stream flows from Oh,
us. Be my glory ever, lest I should be taken up with pride and boast. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God. We thank God for the word today. Hallelujah. I know we have one person to be baptized after this word today, after the worship today. Is there anyone else that wants to surrender to Jesus? That wants to make that walk with God, not mattering what your friends would think, not mattering what your peers would think, but you want to walk with the Lord today. Hallelujah. And be safe in the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone? Hallelujah. Anyone want to come home in full surrender to Jesus? That soul that is to be baptized today, may I ask you to come? All right, she's already there. Amen. Amen. Is there one more? Hallelujah.